Welcome to the Grizzden Podcast. My name is Will. I'm one of your co-hosts. Whether you've been with us since the beginning or you're a brand new listener, we are glad you're here. I have three huge announcements to share with you before we get to the show. The first announcement is that the Grizz Den Podcast has officially joined a network. That's right. We have joined forces with the Basketball Podcast Network to keep bringing you great content. If you want to follow the Basketball Podcast Network, you can find them on Twitter at HoopsPodNet, or you can find them online to search all the other affiliates at thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com. Second announcement. We are introducing a new sponsor. We are welcoming DraftKings to the GDP, and this is an appropriate episode to introduce DraftKings because we're about to talk through some NBA futures, some over-unders, and DraftKings provided us with some fantastic lines, some parlays that may or may not be used in a couple of futures here coming up, but we are pumped to have DraftKings in the fold. The third announcement for today, and this is a big one, we are adding Another show to the Grizz Den podcast feed. That's right. We're adding a weekly show. It will be featuring John Craft and yours truly. We're going to be bringing you more deep dives into the Grizzlies season. We are also going to be covering topics around the league. We just, you know, weren't hanging out with you guys enough. We wanted to hang out with you more. So we're bringing you this weekly show. It'll be Fridays, sometimes Saturdays, if the Grizzlies play a big game on Friday night. We're going to try to convince Ty and Brantley, too, to jump in on a few of these. But it's mainly going to be featuring John Craft and I. It's going to be awesome. We are so excited for this. We really owe it all to the listeners out there because without you, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So enjoy the show. We are so excited for the future, and we are so excited for this Grizzlies season. One disclaimer I'm going to make now that we forgot to mention at the top of the show is that none of us has listened to any other Over-Unders podcast from any other media outlets. We intentionally stayed away so that we could bring you the purest of takes. These are straight from our hearts, so enjoy. Welcome to a very special edition of the Grizzden Pod. This is, I believe, our first annual um, official Over-Unders podcast and what we're going to do is we're going to bounce around the entire league. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference. We're going to go top to bottom in terms of the Vegas odds. And we are going to each give our picks for the overs and the unders. And we are going to give you some reasons why we feel that way. Uh, before we do that, I will welcome Brantley Davidson to the podcast. Let's go. Let us go. And John Kraft is also here. Very excited about this. And the whole gang's here. Hey, Ty. Hey. How's it going? Good. Great. That was back per usual. You do the like passive, hey, I'll do let's go. <laughs> That's right. It's amazing. Um, season's around the corner. We are so excited to get going. And let's dive in to the Eastern Conference. Let's just get right into it. Brantley, you are going to start us off. Yeah. With the Boston Celtics, odds brought to you by DraftKings. And I'll start by just giving you the over-under, and then I'll let you go. 53 and a half, the top in the league. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so this is going to be a theme, at least for me and, and maybe for the, some of us as we talk through these, is that I guess I've never formally done this before where I've gone through and done over-unders for the entire league. We sort of like picked and choose at them previously on our futures um, bets. And this was really hard because this year in particular, there's like five or six teams that I think are fitting into this clump of like, man, they've got some drama. and I'm not exactly sure how to feel really confident in them. And then you add in sort of age and injuries to where it's weird. And Boston is one of those teams. Last year they went 51 and 31. They um, gained Brogdon and Gallo. We know that Gallinari is hurt. Brogdon could add a lot of value to the team. They also lost Tice, who was a significant role player for them in the playoffs. And if you, you know, pay attention listening to popular Boston people on podcast platforms like we do, then you know that they sort of felt like he was at a significant value to that team. So last year, the Celtics went 51 and 31. I'm taking the under. I do not think that Boston is going to have a good year. I think the head coaching issues is going to be dramatic for them. I actually have Boston slated to finish fifth in the Eastern Conference. Whoa, fifth? Wowza. What did you guys have? So I think um, it. I actually think. I mean, this is one of those perfect numbers. Um, I wouldn't bet this over under at all. Part of it is, um, I think if if they didn't have the drama of their coach and probably their sec their second best coach leaving to go coach for the Jazz, um, this would be an easy over for me. Um, I really <laughs> like the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, um, you know, future sixth player, sixth man of the year. And and so I'm I think it's a slight over um, the Eastern Conference is better uh, this year than last year. I think I, I do get a little nervous. I would not be surprised if it was slightly under. But I but I see them as a two or three seed in the East. And so I have a slight over on the Celtics. I've got an under as well. And a lot of that is due to uh, Rob Williams. I think he's so important to what they do defensively. He's going to miss the start of the year. I'm very very nervous about him with his injuries and um i'm going under i actually have them as my fourth seed in the east okay, so that two people we are on the same wavelength yes a little worried what yeah do you think, i'm Doug? going under too oh, wow um, <clears throat> i think the coaching thing is is i think it means something um Thinking of them last year i believe they were like 500 through their first like 30 games or something like that and then Ime made like a switch. That's when he really started involving Robert Williams, like in the starting lineup, like him, like unleashing him defensively. Neither of those things are there to start the year. Um, yes, you can start off slow and kind of hit your stride. I just think the East is also really good. Um, and I think Boston has a lot of age. Like Horford's old, man. Like Brogdon, like we talked about, that dude gets injured a lot. Like, Marcus Smart is like, there's just no telling what he's going to do. I think Tatum is a freak. I think he's really, 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 really good. Um, Jalen was Brown. in trade rumors. Like, exactly. they don't have someone to bring all this all together. Summer, if I'm a way. fan of the Celtics, I'm freaking out. Yeah. I think a part of me thinks the 53.5 is low because if you look at, like, team leaders or just last year, like, Miami led it with 53, which is wild. But, like, only one team had 60 wins, 60-plus. I just feel like that's kind of strange, but I don't think it's Boston. So, um, All right, let's move to uh, 
the next team, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks. Craft, you want to take this one? Fifty-two yes. and a half is the line. Yeah. So this will be the first of many for the culture teams. This is one of the great cultures in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, and one of the great culture creators. Um, one of my favorite players, Giannis, uh, who is just always going to win, always going to do the right things, um, is the best player in the world, um, in my opinion. Um, and so this is an easy, easy over for me. Fifty-two and a half. Um, the the Buck system, which we know well because Jenkins is a product of that, of the Coach Bud system. The Coach Bud system piles up regular season wins. Um, I love the Bucks here. Uh, they were a surprise under last year. They were they had a very high number, um, but but I think that was uh, they had both um, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton playing in the Olympics. The the small summer calendar. They're they're rested now. Middleton's might be out the first week or two, but they're going to come back strong. They just pile up the wins in the regular season. Easy over for me. Yeah, this is an obvious over to me. Like if if you assuming that the Bucks are healthy, they went fifty one and thirty one last year with an unhealthy team, and they added Joe Ingles. Like I don't understand this. This is one of my locks. It's the over. Yeah, uh, I, I yeah. agree. It's I don't have to add anything else. Over all four of us. Over. That means it's probably going to go under. Um, no, I have them. If Giannis gets not. hurt, then it's the, the right. under's happening. But can have, he get hurt though? Like physically, can he get hurt? Like, have you know. seen the guy? Is it possible? Is probably. he hyperextended his knee and came back in like four days? Exactly. And scored fifty points. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have them as the number one seed <laughs> in the East. Um, I'll give you all my I, also, I, I, I do as well. I have my exact record predictions here, so I have them going fifty-seven and twenty-five. I have Boston going forty-nine and thirty-three. Mm. By the way. It's a lot. Uh, I'm I'm very nervous about that one. But um, okay, Ty, you have a choice between two teams because there are uh, two teams tied for the third uh, highest over under, and that's uh, Philadelphia and Brooklyn, both at fifty and a half wins. Which would you like to take? I'm going to take Brooklyn, um, just because I, I just I honestly I feel very strongly about Philly. Brooklyn, I'm going the over, uh, which may kind of shock some people. The reason I say that is I think this is like revenge year of all revenge years. I think Durant is that good, and I think he's tired of all the crap talking. And I think Kyrie secretly kind of is too. And I think Ben Simmons, Steve Nash can be like, hey, my guy, play really good defense, push it when you need to. But otherwise, just kind of stay out of the way and let these other guys just go nuclear. And Durant was in MVP discussion a lot of last year. Like, this guy's still – a a a a a a plus lister um so i got brooklyn going over which terrifies me but i think all the trade stuff is like the dust is settled like what can they really do like durant requested a trade nothing happened that's over Kyrie, same thing that's over like it seems like that's kind of behind them at this point um it may resurface again like really quickly but i just think that they're just kind of like all right we're regrouped here we are this is our team and they're also really good really good team um, so I got him going going over on Brooklyn. I'm I'm an under on Brooklyn, and I just think that I Steve Nash is one of my favorite players of all time. I don't think he's a great coach. Um, I also think, though, I will argue for him in that this has been like the most toxic situ- situation uh, that I can remember in a long time for a, a first time head coach to be walking into. Um, I'm going under. I have Brooklyn as the seven seed in the East, forty five and thirty seven. It's a slight, Kyrie. I mean, I can't yeah, bet on that guy. You can't anymore. trust Kyrie. It's a slight under for me. 
They added Markeith Morris, TJ Warren, and Royce O'Neal. Solid contributors. Solid contributors, but lost Bruce Brown and Goran Dragic. And and they're and they're getting Joe Harris back. And too. they're getting Joe Harris back. So like last year they went forty four and thirty eight. This feels like the right number to me, so I'm just saying slightly under. And I have them coming in as the four seed ahead of Boston. So uh, I am an under because if I'm for the culture, um, this is the worst culture team ever. And at the same time, I would not be shocked if I look up in three months to the one seed uh, because I really do like if they actually, if, you know, the biggest if, if Kyrie actually gets to some good version of himself, if KD's KD, if Ben Simmons just is like allowed to just um, run the offense and play amazing defense on the other team's best uh, player, uh, I think he could be great. I like I like all the guys they have around it. Joe Harris, especially coming back. Um, I don't know about the playoffs, but in the regular season, Joe Harris is amazing, and he's going to be super wide open, hitting like forty three percent from three. Uh, so I really think that's great. I just they want they you know. The coach and GM were asked to be fired by their best player. The culture's so weird. I have them also as a seven seed. So I am under, but man, if they were over, I would not be at all shocked. I just really don't like fragile situations, and this one feels very, very fragile. Agreed. On paper, though, who knows? They could be the one seed. I will, they just yes. have the widest range. So I the get East. the fragility part, but... Do y'all disagree that some of that seems to be like water under the bridge at this point? Or do you think it's still like the water is clearly at the surface? To me, the what I mean, like fragility to me means you are way too emotionally invested in, whether, in the results of game to game. Like full season, that's great. Like KD maybe had some great points. Like if since he was out, you know, they lost like almost every game he didn't play last year or whatever his stat was on that. And I just mean that like if if things go south, they have the potential to go very south. So everything to me game to game has to go right. And that's risky, which is why I'd rather be on the side of the under. I don't know if they'll be the seven seed like I have them. That's just how it stacked up when I did the predictions. But who knows? This is the biggest stay away from me team if we were to actually For put, sure. put money here. I mean, I just I would have no idea. But um, because I think they could win 60 games and they could win 30 games. I mean, they're yep. it's a crazy situation. They're going to be super fun to watch, though. Um, okay. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers, uh, 50 and a half is their number. I'm going to go over here. I have them as the second seed in the East at 54 and 28. I just think that there are good vibes in Philly. And it was the opposite of what it was last year. If y'all remember... The Ben Simmons situation had gone very, very south uh, last offseason. Um, they also added a fat James Harden halfway through the season, tried to patch together something. Embiid, um, to me, I, he was my MVP pick in our NBA futures. Uh, they added DeAnthony Melton. Uh, they added, more importantly to me, P.J. Tucker at power forward, even though he's super old. I'm David Roddy Light, you mean? <laughs> yes. Well, and Montrez Harrell. Oh, yeah. Um, that's right. That's right. And so I just think there are good vibes here. I also think that this is a prove-it year of all prove-it years for Doc Rivers in particular. I think that he knows if there is another flame-out that is not one of those flame-outs that, you know, you can take some good things out of. If it's another one of the three, one collapses and um, you know, everything goes south in the playoffs for them. Um, 
yeah, I, I just think he's gone. But for the regular season, I'm a believer in Philly. I like the pieces they added. I believe that they have a plan. I really, really like that Harden took less. Um, I might not be saying the same thing in a couple years when he's like getting his makeup bag for taking less this year, but I think it was it was just good vibes all around for Philly. What do y'all think? I'll, I'll say I'm a, I'm an I'm an over, not a hard over, but a slight over. Um, I, best regular season team ever. If you look, they just assembled a ton of guys who are awesome in the regular season. I have a totally different opinion of them, of almost everybody on their team when we get to the playoffs. Amen. But for the regular season, um, they're good. And I actually think their team's deep enough that even with the what the Embiid injury that will come or the, the week or two here that he misses, um, they're good enough to even beat most teams, even without Embiid, I think. Yeah, I feel really great about this one. This is a lock for me at the over. I just think that what they added, they're also the – I have them as the two seed coming out of the East. Regular season, I feel great about it. I think Maxi takes a leap. I think that Harden finds his finds a role. I think Embiid is motivated and in shape. I don't have questions about them in the regular season. If they start out as long as they start off not in a rut, then I'm going to feel great about this one. I don't think they will. It's a lot. Yeah, to add to your Maxi, Maxi is the the favorite. I think to win the most improved player, most most odds. So most different biggest books. Same. Easiest over on my board, I think. Wow. Locks. I think they're winning 55 games. Locks all around. Locks all around for Philly. Okay. They're my four seed, by the way. Four seed, okay. So it's just a slide over for me. Um, the next one here is the Miami Heat at 48 and a half. What say you, Brantley? I don't understand this number. Miami last year went 53 and 29. At times looked like the best team in the Eastern Conference and other than P.J. Tucker, they they basically stayed flat. I mean, and is Tucker worth four to five wins? I don't think so. In the regular season, I, I just don't believe it. I'm really surprised by this number. This is another lock for me. I'm hammering the over on this. It just does not make sense. They're the three seed to me coming out of the East, and I would be surprised if they didn't hit this number, assuming their two main players – you know, between uh, Butler and Bam, stay relatively healthy. And by the way, this is the second year for Lowry to be in the system and for them to get acclimated together. So it just doesn't make sense. Hammer the over. This is one of my favorite bets on the board. Uh, for the culture, the heat culture, we all know and love. Uh, I have We no, know it. I have Do no, we love it? I don't yeah, know. I don't know if we love it, but if he'd have any stars and they have two or three, like any good players that could make an all-star team, they are 50 wins guaranteed. Uh, the heat culture, uh, they do not take nights off. I don't understand either. The, actually this 48 and five makes me feel much better about our beloved Memphis Grizzlies, who people also underestimate our culture as well. Um, and I just think it's, it's a huge over. I love it. Uh, I don't know how anybody could have the heat under 50 wins. And I've even been surprised listening. I think that the general NBA wisdom is, is under with the heat, which surprises me too. I just think they, I mean, I, I don't understand it. They're just always good. Yeah. This is a hard over for me as well. Uh, I got to see the heat in person in the preseason game. They didn't play any of their stars. Duncan Robinson went off. Granted this preseason Grizzlies played all, almost all of their rotation guys. Uh, Jamal Kane. If you don't know him now, you will know him in a couple months. This guy's another Heat. Just, I mean, 
they found sword. a diamond in the rough, and uh, he's going to be incredible. Like I'm just calling it right now. I'm a huge. I'm on the Kane train, and uh, he might not even be in their rotation. He might be their like tenth or eleventh guy. But there's going to be a couple nights when Bam or, or Jimmy get uh, rest. He's he's more of like a a, a wing. But um, if Jimmy takes a night off, I mean, he's going to come in and he's going to give them exactly. It's just organizational stability. I love Eric Spolstra as well. This is over for me. They're the three seed in the East, 51 and 31. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I got them as the over two. Not as strongly as y'all. I think they're going to flirt right at like 49, 50 wins, which I guess is basically like a whole game over. Um I think Bam, he's second in odds for Defensive Player of the Year, too. Um, I just think they're really solid, just top to bottom, and I think that matters. Having a really good system, knowing what to do night in, night out, having versatility, um, I got them as an over. Not by much, though. Yeah, well, I, and I feel like, I mean, I, uh, I feel like they had a ton of injuries last year, too. And so it just, I don't know, it just it seems like they're the biggest – team that you just can kind of count on to overperform they're so annoying to play every night too right. like every yeah. night you play them you're just like god miami like can we just play someone else that like doesn't well, not as physical not, i would think the pj right. tucker thing though is a legit loss yeah oh yeah like, i mean their starting mad. power yeah, forward that, that is maybe that, more is so haywood highsmith is projected yeah. as their starting power forward yeah hmm. the slight the, the slight over might like you're saying might be the better bet just because of that they'll go but, small though and jimmy will play the four yeah. next to bam that's gonna be like and they'll just surround they'll start him Hero. with shooters. Yeah. Yep. Or no, they'll probably. I don't. That their closing lineup will probably be Lowry, either Hero and then Struess or Duncan Robinson, depending. Yeah. And then Butler at the four, Bam at the five, and they will just space and switch like crazy. Um, they're just yeah. Yep. And have a great regular season home court advantage of the other team staying out way too late the night before. There the it is. That is the X factor. Okay, Kraft. Uh, we have Cleveland coming in next, forty-seven and a half. Uh, this is one of my going to be one of my favorite ones to do. So, if you had told me three months ago I was looking at that Cavs line, I was wanting to hammer the over. I was very excited about them, and then I sat all summer listening to all sorts of podcasts about hyping the Cavs up. I um, listened uh, obviously to the trade talks. Then Donovan Mitchell gets traded there. Uh, a player that I think is actually a, not a culture person is actually a cancer. Uh, and I quickly, yes, yes. And so I began, uh, to think about the Cavs and I thought about the fact that, that uh, Mobley to me is a good candidate. Uh, I think Mobley is going to be amazing. I think he's a good candidate for a sophomore slump. I think that they still don't know what their three, um, their kind of wing position is. I think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, alpha frustration between Garland and, uh, and Mitchell, and honestly, I'm still traumatized by J.B. Bickerstaff as the Grizzlies coach. I don't trust him. They gave him an extension. I'm an under, which I think is a very unpopular pick, at least in the mainstream, but I'm an under for the Cavs, 47 and a half. I'm also an under by a half game, so I'm not quite as out as you, um, but I have them at 47 and 35, six seed in the East. Um, to me, I have in my notes, just prove it. I want to see it before I'm going to be super confident in it. Um, I think that the Allen Mobley front court is something I really like defensively. I think Bickerstaff, if I if there is one situation that sort of fits his coaching style, it is two bigs. However, that is true. I do 
I do agree on the point of I don't see them doing anything in the playoffs. Like, I don't see them going very far. I could see them having, you know, maybe a, a few games here and there where they show flashes. But this year in particular, I'm comfortable taking that under, even though I only have it at about a half game under. I went back and forth a lot on this one, mainly just because of Donovan. And I just ultimately just looked at it. I They went 44 and 38 last year without Sexton for the majority of the season. I think Donovan is worth three and a half wins. Purely plain and simple. I don't trust JB, but I think that they can pick apart the bottom of the West and the East and take advantage of those scenarios. I think he'll I sort of expect him to be a little motivated since he really hasn't had to try very hard. So I'm taking the over. It's not a hard over. But I do I honestly I sort of have Cleveland finishing ahead of Toronto and Chicago and the Eastern Conference. So I have them finishing fifth. Sixth, excuse me. Sixth. Ty, what you got? So that yeah, this I think this number is just really good. Yes. Um, this is the one of the few that I was like, oh, man. Uh, I'm taking the under, too, just because I can't have everyone go over. Um, I think it's really close, though. Like, I could see them. Yeah, I went um, under yeah. for this one. I'm going, I'm going under on that one. Um, they kind of limped home towards the end of last season, too. Um, I think their mojo kind of left them a little bit. And then in the playoffs, or I guess the play-in, um, was it the playoffs or the play-in? I think they lost to the Hawks in the play-in. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I want to say that game was, like, not great. No. Um, so, I don't know. I think Mitchell is a really good regular season player. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I have the under. Um, all right, Ty, we have a, a decision, another one to make. Uh, would you rather I'm where I'm, I'm going to Toronto. Okay, go ahead. Uh, another hard, um, hard over for me, obviously. Um I just think Toronto is really good, and yeah, I just I love the way that they can play a lot of different ways. I think Siakam's awesome. Um, just pretty an easy easy over for me. Yeah, this was what I called the uh, Navy triple option team. Like, if you look right now at their projected depth chart. They have Siakam at the five, <laughs> which I think would just be really fun. I don't know if they're actually going to start with that, but they have Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Barnes, Siakam. Like, wh- when else are you going to see that in, in a, a regular season matchup? I think they are going to run. I think they're going to be just super annoying on defense. Uh, obviously, we all are on the record, or at least I am, of coveting OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think health is a factor for these guys because it's not like they're incredibly deep, but I do have faith in the culture, in the front office to find... They're another team like the Heat who just kind of find guys um, to, to fill gaps. And this isn't over for me. I have them at in the as the fifth seed in the East at 47 and 35. Yeah, so I, was just, I don't even know if we mentioned what they're over under. So it's 45 and a half. That's right. We um, didn't. It's 45 and a half. They won 48 last year. I just don't see them getting worse. With tons of injuries. Yeah. Tons of injuries last year. Like uh, Gary Trent was a really big contributor to them. Might not start. Like, I don't know. And I think Scotty Barnes is really, really good and only going to get better. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to zag. I'm going to probably regret this, but just when it came to sort of like the middle pack of like the play in categories, I just didn't see much separation between Cleveland, Toronto, Chicago, Atlanta, New York, and maybe even Detroit. And so I kind of just all like was looking at those records holistically. I'm just like, they're going to split a lot of games among all of those groups. I just don't see a lot of separation there. So I took the under. So I, I see them. So I'm a hard over on the Raptors. I love them. I love the culture. Uh, it's another for the culture pick. And I actually have them as a home court advantage team. Um, I think they're going to be a four seed in the East. Um, I just think they had a terrible year last year, luck wise and injury wise and uh, bring everybody back. I love their, their weird system. I think they're going to be a great regular season team. Um, let's move to the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, their number is at 45 and a half as well. I have them. This is, to me, the line where I had the most trouble. Uh, I, in my notes, just say I have Vegas as good as one of my lines uh, in there. I am a little skeptical of Atlanta. I don't love – see, it's interesting because there's some parallels between Atlanta and Memphis in that, you know, number one guy being a smaller-sized guard. Um, but I just don't love – the way that Trey has played in the past, that's not to say he, he can't change. I think bringing DeJounte in is a positive. I don't love the price that they paid for him, but that won't necessarily you know play a, a part in this regular season. Um, however, I when I'm looking at over-unders, when I'm looking at um, teams that I'm actually going to potentially wager on, I really, really, really like continuity. And when you have a shakeup this large... Um, with a guy like DeJounte, who if he showed anything in the all those Drew League clips, he's a proud guy. Um, I'm very interested in what the um, relationship on the court is going to be there between he and Trey, because he came from San Antonio where he dominated uh, the ball, and now he's in a system which is probably going to be a little less disciplined um, and has a guy in Trey who is pretty used to um, some bad habits. And so... I'm going a slight under uh, here. I have the Hawks finishing eighth in the East at 44 and 38. I'm with you. They also lost Kevin Herter. Yep. And, like, I just – last year they were basically right at this number at 43 wins, right under it. And I'm not convinced that just, like, losing a shooter and adding DeJounte Murray – and expecting some upside from your current staff or your current roster is enough to, to leapfrog these other teams that got better. They're right in the middle of the pack to me, and I think they're playing destined. I'm a slight over um, just because I uh, – and this is – honestly, I do think the number's great. I agree with everything you all said. Um, I just am looking – kind of the way I looked at it with just um, other teams going under, the tanking, all, a lot of other stuff going on in the league. I think they're a slight over, but that number is like right at where I think the Hawks are going to be. Wide variance for the Hawks to me. Yeah. I have a uh, slight under as well for the Atlanta Hawks. All right. I'm looking down the list here at the next line. Is it the Bulls? Yep. Yeah. So I just, I looked at this one with the same strategy of the other ones of like just sort of middle of the pack. And, la- and the previous season, the Bulls like Toronto, also had a lot of injuries. They did get a crazy season out of DeMar DeRozan. 
So maybe you would expect a little bit of regression there. But they had 46 wins last year, and this line is at 41.5. So I took the over. I just think that they're going to do a little bit better than that. I'm hoping that they're going to be a little healthier this year. And I think they're a little bit more seasoned than some of the other teams. They didn't lose anybody. They added Goran Dragic, who I think could be a good vet who's a little washed off the bench to help kind of in that Ricky Rubio way, um, who's with Cleveland, and we forgot to mention that previously. So I'm taking the over. I like the Bulls and sort of like the middle of the pack road to be a little bit above the play-in scenario potentially, but really probably fail and hit that eight seed is what I'm expecting. Um, I'd say I'm going to take this. I'm going to take a slight under with the Bulls. It's not a hard under. Um, I do think they um, last year. I feel like they won a lot of close games early. They kind of got a great um, sort of a lot of mid-range shooting from DeRozan and things like that. I'm still worried about Lonzo Ball's health, and um, for all those reasons, um, I could see them taking a dive. I will say that the thing that gives me pause is they. Pretty much, they don't have their pick next year um, unless it falls inside the top four, um, and so like they'd have to tank hard, um, which I don't think they're in a position to. So there is every incentive for them to win games this year, um, but I still think just how good the East is, how deep it is. I'm thinking 40-41 wins, so right under for the Bulls. I have a slight, the slightest of unders too. Um, I think a few teams step over to them in the rankings. Um, someone's got to lose, lose games in the middle. Um, I could see them definitely winning like 40, just a, just a touch below. So, Yeah, to me, they are the, um, the quintessential uh, treadmill of mediocrity team, which I did mention on our futures pod. I have them at an under. I have them actually at 37 and 45 on the season, 10 seed in the East. This is probably one of my bigger variances. Uh, from the number on the board. I just don't see... I, I, I see a guy in DeMar DeRozan who, like you mentioned, Brantley, just had a career year last year. I, I, I would be shocked to see that happen again. Levine, great fantasy guy. Uh, he, on the court, though, questionable if he is your highest paid, um, you know, highest build player. I don't see a star on this team. Uh, I see a lot of good... But I'm also really worried about Vucevic defensively. Patrick Williams has been in and out ever since his rookie year. I hope he stays healthy. I love Caruso coming off the bench. And I actually do like Desunmu a little bit as well. I just don't think this team has quite the ceiling uh, that I would feel confident in taking it over this number since it's right at about 500. I think with the East getting a little bit better, my belief in some other teams, I'm taking the under. Um, I also bet on them in that in that futures uh, pod as well at, at the under. I think they're going to be a play-in team. All right. What is our next number here? It looks as if it is Knicks. the New York Knicks. Okay. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an over. I'm a hard over. 38 and a half. 38 and a half. Uh, I, think they're, I think they had the year from hell last year. I think – I don't know what happened with Julius Randle. Um, I think this year um, that – that kind of the luck is the breaks are gonna gonna go more their way. I really think Jalen Brunson's gonna be really good for that team. Have a real point guard. Um, I think uh, it's a Tibbs team, so they're gonna care. They're gonna try, and if and if they get off to a bad start, he's gonna be fired. They're gonna bring in somebody else. Um, I just see them. It's not like a. I guess it's not like a super confident over, but I see them being about a five hundred team. Um, and so with that, uh, Knicks over 
and uh, you know, I just think they're not they're not a tank threat. They're going to always try to win. Um, so. I think, yeah, I'm going over two, and I just think their number's really low. I could easily see them being 500, kind of like what you were saying. Um, to your Randall point, I think, like, what happened to him last year, I think what happened to him the year before was the bigger outlier. Like, I think he'll never be as good as that year. Um, I do think Brunson's going to be really big, and I think, it's, I think we're going to come away being like, Brunson's the best player on the Knicks. Like, he is the, the guy they go to. Um, I think RJ hopefully will kind of settle into more of like a role-playing um, position for their team. Um, hopefully Randall will kind of learn some of that too. Maybe their players – I feel like their players on the fringes aren't like great though. That kind of makes me nervous. Like they don't have like an eighth guy that can come in off the bench and just like really give you a lot. Toppin's kind of been underwhelming to me. Um, Quickly is the one to watch. I get that, but like he's that one guy. Like other than that, like who do you have off the bench that's going to come in and like – player really like miles mcbride quentin grimes like they're counting a lot on these like two-way second round draft picks um which i guess the same could be said about the grizz in years past and we've done it but i don't think they're us um so that kind of makes me a little bit nervous that if like an injury or two happens like the knicks could go south no, that's definitely pretty true. quickly um but i do think I, th- I just think brunson gives them a steady hand that they have been lacking for a while so i got them i got them going 500 so that's probably like seven or eight in, in the East, something slide, like that. So. Slide, so slide over. Yeah, yeah. I took a slide over. I have them as the 10 seed, but I just think there's going to be a lot of parity and a lot of evenness in that middle pack. So I, I think they finish ahead of the Bulls. I'll say that. I have them in, in the 9 seed ahead of the Bulls at 39 and 43, so that's a half game over the number. It's a really hard number for the Knicks. Uh, one, uh, I think, key for them is they do have a trade to make. They have the Evan Fournier contract. At 18 million, they also have a buy low candidate in Cam Reddish, and a lot of picks. And it's going to suck starting out 0 and 1. And and they're and they're they're a destination that with drama happening around the NBA and who knows what, um, you know, there could be all of a sudden a Dame Dame Lillard rumor. Uh, you know, name your superstar who could Dylan be Dylan Brooks team. rumor. Dylan Brooks rumor. That could be a, well, I said superstar, but. Uh, exactly. But yes. Knicks, so. he's a star. <laughs> he would be, man, if Dylan Brooks went to the Knicks, they, the Knicks media oh, would God. already declare him like the next, uh, a future all-star. Dylan Brooks is a perfect Nick. Um, all right, Ty. The Wizards at 35 and a half. Um. So I have, gosh, the Wiz is just. I'm gonna go over just because I think they're they're pretty good and I think they can score. Um, I think there's gonna be nights where they put up like 150 plus points. Um, so I'm just gonna go over for no exact reason. Just just saying it. I, I'll go. Um, I will also go a slight over. It's really hard for me. They should tank. They're like the biggest team that should try to tank. Um, this year because they have some stars, but they need a, they need some more, and it's a perfect year to just not try really hard. But it just sounds like uh, that they're not going to do that. They want to try to win, even though if they get into the playoffs, they don't keep their pick. I don't understand it, but um, but for that reason, I still say, I say over, slide over. Uh, this is my best bet. It's under uh, under the number. I think they made the worst move of the off season by giving Bradley Beal a super max with a no trade clause. Um, I do not believe in Beal. To me, he is 
um, going to be the worst player to ever make that scale of money, in my opinion. Uh, not the number, because the cap's going up, but I'm just saying at this point in time, I'm very out on the Washington Wizards. I actually have them as my 13 seed at 29 and 53 on the season. Um, Will Barton, uh, I've never been a huge fan of his. He can score in a hurry, but as a starting three, uh, they I don't know. Johnny Davis might go down as like one mm. of the worst lottery picks. Chris Stapps Porzingis is a walking injury. I like Kuzma. He's the guy to trade, though, if you're looking to get something, if they're going to panic. like He's a guy to trade, but I actually like him a little bit. Monte Morris, I mean, has fine. he ever been a starting guard? He's fine. Starting point guard? Yeah. Uh, I like him. Fine. But... Um, Gosh, this team I couldn't I couldn't hate a team more who has a number at thirty five or over. Um, so I'm going under on the Washington Wizards. I wish that I didn't have to pick this team. I just took the over because I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm just like I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I've been finishing twelfth. I, I mean, worse than Detroit, better than Orlando and Charlotte. I like I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, Brantley, you've got the Charlotte Hornets now at 33 and a half. Um, I am hammering the under on the Charlotte Hornets. I think with their player drama, their lack of strategy, what are they doing? Who knows? I think that Orlando finishes better than them. I think that entering into the offseason next year, the Hornets are in a like. Who's in a worse spot, the Kings, the Jazz, or the Hornets? Like, I, I just – other than the fact that they have supposedly a, you know, top three guard, shout out, KOC. Would you trade Ja for LaMelo right now? I would straight totally up? trade Ja for LaMelo. It'd be worth it because LaMelo could shoot. I just, mean, can, I, you believe, I, can you believe I, that we had to listen – we've had to listen for two years that LaMelo is better for the future of a franchise than Ja? Man, we're going to have the last laugh there, I I believe. I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm under really, really hard here. I think this is the most boring roster in the NBA. Um, Nothing excites me whatsoever. LaMelo is fine. Um, I just don't think they have a really good – I mean, they don't have like a a really good promising player on their team. I guess you – I just don't think LaMelo is that guy. Um, Gordon Hayward could easily get traded for something this year, and he's the only one that has any type of – you know, competency on the roster. I just yeah. their team just to me is terrible. I'm a strong under as well. I know that they typically like Jordan and other people don't like the whole tank thing, but they lose their pick if they make the playoffs. I just think they have no incentive to win. I think their ter- their roster is terrible, um, and I just I'm hard under for me. Yeah, I also have a hard under. It's one of my best bets, but I will say I feel bad for Charlotte because of the Miles Bridges situation. Like he was obviously a guy who was going to step in. And be a grit. I mean, he's going to be a grit. He is a grit. I mean, like honestly, he was the number one on a lot of our boards. And then this ha- this situation happened, which is obviously horrible. And um, you know, there it's more important than basketball. What's going on there? For sure. But when you talk about purely basketball, the uh, the loss there of lo- just losing a max guy out of thin air and getting nothing in return, um, pretty much worst case scenario. So I don't blame the Hornets necessarily for what happens this season because of that, but I'm definitely taking the under here. I have them as the 14 seed in the East at 28 and 54. I think the bottom is going to fall out in Charlotte. Mm. Um, Okay. Next team on the list is the Detroit Pistons. Um, 
I have the over here for them. Um, I have them at 33 and 49. They are my uh, my frisky team out of the bottom. Uh, I love Cade. I think he's going to take a huge leap this year. I really hope Ivy um, stays healthy. He obviously plays uh, a pretty similar game to Ja, which Ja is, is somehow, you know, he's sustained injuries, but at the same time, he's still kept his level of play. I hope Ivy can be at the same level. This team could be really fun uh, to watch, and I'm going to take the over. I think they're going to be, you know, yeah, just the, the word is frisky. I just think they're going to be really fun. And, uh, yeah, what do y'all think? I, I mean, I bet on them in our futures pod. I love the over here. On top of the obvious, like, young picks, Ivy, I think Jalen Duran's going to maybe <clears throat> have some impact for them. They added Nerlens Noel and Kimba. Not that, like, that's going to really do much, but they also added Bojan Bogdanovic. I mean, like, you just – this roster Solid. has some depth to it. You look at the roster and you're like, oh, this is a team. Yeah. They've got some potential here. Not to, like, go deep, but, like, I'm taking the over. There's no reason not to, in my opinion. It's a lock. Slide over. I'm going over really hard, too. To me, they are eerily similar to the Grizz. Um you got a younger rookie or guard who showed a lot of promise, and then you surround him, to Brantley's point, with just players that know what they're doing, which I think is very valuable. Um, Cade is plus 2,000 for most improved. I think that could absolutely happen. I love Detroit. Got a couple teams left. We got the Orlando Magic. Um, Brantley, I believe this is yours. If you'd like for somebody else to grab it, let us know, but... Or you can go I took Orlando just at a slight over, mainly just because I I think that they've got some stuff to play for. I think that they're trying to really figure out their roster right now versus like trying to add to it. So I think they're going to be trying to win versus tank, and that will give them a couple extra Ws ahead of what the over under set at. Uh, similar to Brantley, I have a very the slightest of overs. Same, I think twenty. I think that's just a really low number. Um, I think they get it, but not, I, I bet they finish less than 30 wins. Um, so I have them at 31 and 51, uh, 12 seed in the East. My big X factor there is if Jonathan Isaac comes back and looks pretty good because he, I mean, he hasn't played basketball in a long time, and that's a big if, but if he and Markel Fultz come back and look okay, uh, Suggs just got injured, I think that could end up being the best thing that could happen for them um, because he has not looked very good. Um, last team here to talk about Indiana Pacers, 23 and a half craft. what you got Pacers under, they are all about tanking. They're going to get rid of everybody they can. Uh, that's a pretty easy under to me. And they're really not much worth talking about besides that tank tank. The one of the two or three top tanking teams out there. Yep. Hard under. I have a slight over. Wow. Uh, I have them winning like less than 20 games. I think that they're going to win too many out of the gate. And that's going to be the problem before the Miles Turner trades happen, before the Heald trades happen. I think Halliburton's pretty good. Uh, I think, and But I do have one note on here, and it's Wim Diana. You can have that one for free, Pacers. I'm also with you on the slight over. I just think that um, I can't remember their coach's name right now, who coached at Dallas, who's their head coach. Why? Wow. Yeah, Carlisle. thank you. He doesn't like to lose. Well, okay, last year they won 25 games. This is set at 23 and a half. I just think they're going to figure out how to win enough games, unfortunately, to where whatever. Yeah. Um, That's why I like the slide over. All right, that's the East. 
We are going to take a quick break for a message from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And we're back. Let's talk about the Western Conference. All right, Ty, I believe it is yours. 52.5 between the Suns and the Clippers. Who do you want to start with? Gosh, uh... I'm going to go with the Clippers first. Um, I'm going to take the slightest of overs. Um, if y'all listen to our previous pods, I'm pretty fairly high on them. I think Kawhi has had plenty of time off. Um, I think 52.5 is fairly low because I think they're going to be a top three seed in the West, and I think a top three seed in the West is going to win more than 52 games. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a lot more than that, but I'm going. I'm going over on the Clip, and I think they're they have really great depth. They have a lot of players, so I'm going over on the Clippers. Uh, I am a hard under on the Clippers, so I take a very different take. Um, you know, we we like to say that somebody is a poor man's or a rich man's version. The Clippers are the old man's version of the Raptors. Um, they are a bunch of elderly can't stay healthy people. Uh, nobody's going to be playing more than 50, 60 games. That's a star in that team. I have under, I don't even think they're going to be a home court team. Um, it could be a different time when we get to the playoffs um, for them. They do make me nervous, but I do think they're not going to uh, hit that 52 and a half. So I'm an under on them. Yeah, Kraft, I'm with you. I went, I, I went a lock on the under. I just don't understand like, this is a playoff-destined team, not a regular season-destined team. And, like, they won 42 games last year, obviously, without Kawhi. Like, I think they're, they're going to be doing weird stuff where they sit Kawhi, sit Paul George. They're not going to have chemistry. That doesn't set up for wins in the regular season because that's not what they're playing for. And I just – the four seed last year was Dallas out of the West, just for context, at 52 wins. I, and I just don't see – the Clippers doing equivalent of what Dallas did last year. And, and so I'm taking it. I do have the Clippers coming in fourth in the West, but I think it's, it's going to be a little bit more muddied up kind of in that four through seven range. Yeah, 52 and a half should just be the over under on games that Kawhi and Paul actually play together. Uh, yeah, I'm under as well. Um, I absolutely do not want to see the Clippers in the playoffs. However, this is a regular season over-unders podcast, and if you're going to ask me whether uh, Kawhi and Paul George are going to play enough to get over that number, I'm going to say no, and it's also going to be because of the division, uh, because of the conference. I just think that it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding if the Clippers can't play their two best players on a night-to-night basis, so I'm taking the under there, and that brings us to the Phoenix Suns. I have, oh, by the way, I have the Clippers at 49 and 33 for the season five seed in the West. Um, Phoenix Suns, I have at a slight under. Their number's 52 and a half. 
Um, I have them at 51 and 31, a three seed uh, in the West. Like I said in our Futures podcast, I think they are ironically becoming a nobody-believes-in-us team uh, based on a lot of stuff in the organization that has not been great. Um, I The only thing that gives me pause about the situation is um, obviously at center. Um, I don't know if Aiton is going to be bought in. I don't know if he is just waiting until um, the you know uh, limitations expire on his, his uh, trade opportunities there. I am very nervous about that. However, winning seems to cure a lot. And I think that Phoenix, bringing back pretty much everybody except for Jay Crowder, uh, I, I like Cam Johnson in that spot, honestly, for the offense. Um, I... I'm taking the slight under though for Phoenix. I, I'm I'm you know sort of giving them a lot of a positive uh, uh, you know press here, but I'm still going to take the under. However, they're going to win their Pacific Division. They're going to be the third seed in the West, and they're going to have a pretty good season. I I have Phoenix falling to the fifth seed. I just don't see how this like weird chemistry stuff. Crowder wanting out. I kind of like. My like intuition is telling me that like Crowder wanting out of that situation is a vibe thing, and I think that's really telling. That guy wants to win, and I, there's something that's telling me that he doesn't think that they're gonna that it's gonna happen there next year. I could also see Phoenix trying a different strategy. Last year they had a historic regular season where they went 64 and 18, and so maybe this year they take a little bit more of a restful approach, and it backfires a little bit. In a weird way, they also lost JaVale McGee, who was really big for them um, from the backup center position. They also lost Frank Comiskey, who didn't play a ton last year, but JaVale did. I just I don't know what I'm getting here, and I just don't trust the back-to-back historic regular seasons from them, so I am taking the under. So I'm, I'm a slight under. Uh, it's hard to look and think they're going to lose. You know, a, that, a team that seems that good on paper are going to lose 12 wins or be less than that. Um, I would say I w- I'm a slight under because I just think the bottom of the West is going to be so brutally bad that there's going to be some win stack because I actually have the Suns as the sixth seed um, trying to stay out of the play-in. I'm also – obviously, I'm about the culture. The culture there is terrible. I think there's a good shot that DeAndre Ayton might be on the Pacers or somewhere else in January. Okay, I'm going to go slight under two. Um, there's just too much going on. Yeah, I'm see I'm I'm like a nobody believes in us Phoenix believer and yet I'm taking their under as well. But I I okay, so we started the whole podcast off with the whole Boston thing and I mean maybe this isn't the right time but we are com- coming up on the Grizz over under and it's just like there is this to me this clear divide that's happening entering into this season where you've got some top tier teams that have some weird stuff happening to them. Just categorize it that way and you've got some stability and no one really, I think, wants to give credit to the stability teams, even though the past two years should suggest we should be giving credit to the stability teams. And I just I, – I can't believe that I'm agreeing with Kraft, honestly, because there's so many things about the Grizz that we want to disagree with. But from a big-picture perspective, this stability thing – organizationally really does matter. And it's about to, when we talk about Golden State here in a second, now you're entering another team that's got this stupid thing entering the season where you've got massive questions to chemistry and stability that really matters. 
And I mean, I just think having having the instability to owner with Sarver and other th- places is just it's just a, a lot. lot of stuff. It's a lot, and so maybe it doesn't impact the court in the regular season. I just don't believe that because I don't think the past two years has showed us that from a trend perspective. Should we talk about Golden State fifty one and a half? Let's do it. Go ahead, Brantley. So Golden State lost GP three. Um, they y'all correct me if I'm wrong on some others. They got Jamichael Green. They onto Defenshinjo. I cannot say his name. You nailed it. Thank you. I I hate that I'm playing the Bill Simmons scenario (laughs) right here as the person who can't say the names. But like Wiseman's back. Wiseman's back. You know, there's all this wish casting happening with Kaminga and Moses. Moody's gonna be an all star. Yeah, he's gonna be an all star. And and maybe as a as a Grizz fan who watched the Warriors try to get something out of their rookies that year or in that series, it just didn't happen. And so like I, I took the slight over with golden state mainly just because I do really, this is a Steph bet. I do really believe it's like Steph is greater than Draymond. Like, so the chemistry issues that Draymond is entering into with the whole Jordan pull punch thing and all this stuff, I do feel like Curry is the type of superstar that can maybe transcend some of that. And maybe you get a little bit of a leap from clay, but I am really, really worried about it. Last year, the Warriors went 53 and 29. They have been very open about not really caring about the regular season. And I could see them trying to test a lot of their young stars, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, to see what they can get out of them and that really leading to some losses. And, I mean, it's one of the bigger reasons why I think the Grizz have a lot more potential to maintain their number two seed because I think Golden State could lose some games they shouldn't. Um, I'm I'm with you there, Brantley. I'm a slight over on the Warriors. Um, they're actually, you know, I mean – Coming in, I would have said they're for the culture team too. Um, my favorite was a tweet saying, declaring about 10 days ago that the Warriors' vibes are immaculate, and then four days later saying the Warriors' vibes are not immaculate after the punch came out. Uh, I think that uh, Steph, again, culture creator, um, and just Steve Kerr, the stability of the situation, despite the weirdness of the extensions or not extensions of pool. Derrymon Green, a lot of that stuff. I just think the Warriors, they're a system. They're just going to always win 50 games. So I'm going to slide over. I also, also helped out by the fact, again, the bottom of the West is just going to be so horrible. I think you're going to stack up wins against those teams. So I give them a slight over. Um, and so I'm a little higher them on them on the season than I would be in the playoffs. I'm taking the under, mainly because that's what I want to happen. Um, but – Secondly, y'all both kind of hit it on this. I think, like, when you look at their stability and, like, how important that is, I don't know if they're stable, though. Like, they have been in the past, clearly. They do have pieces that have been there for a while. Clay is, like, I'm really curious to see what happens with him. I'm really curious to see about losing Gary Payton. I think he played a very important role for them. Um, the whole Draymond thing is really strange. Um, I don't know. I just don't – I don't like it. I think 52 – wins is is fairly steep um i just i don't know and i think other teams another big point i think other teams are just better primarily denver um i think denver is going to overtake them for sure i could see denver and golden state essentially swapping places from last year Um, that would put golden state winning like 48 
games and Denver winning like 52-53. I could definitely see that happening. Um, yeah, just – and Steph was very healthy last year. One little ankle tweak here or there, and he's out a month. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the under. I have a half game under. Um, I just think that it's it's a little weird right now. I don't know. It, I think the thing that could change my mind – um, on this is if the contract situations get resolved sooner rather than later, uh, given the luxury tax situation for the Warriors, I don't necessarily think that's um, a decision that's going to come very easily for them. Uh, I don't think the um, I just don't I just don't think you're going to see a guy like Draymond get extended for what he thinks he should get extended for. And I don't think this, like, he's not a guy who's just going to sit on the sidelines, um, even though he's apologetic right now. Um, you know, I'm taking the under. I think they have a puncher's chance at the over. I think this is going to be a really interesting year with Draymond. I think the whole podcast that he has, uh, I mean, I, we were texting about this earlier. People are going to, like, just throw out the receipts about all the things that he's said in the past. And he has been very hypocritical especially after this video surface of what actually he did. It really frustrates me because he's like this stand-up tough guy. Like, I don't mind all the talking. Like, he literally said that about the Grizzlies. He was chanting, whoop that trick during the game and all that kind of stuff. And then this video comes out apparently stemming from Jordan Poole talking some crap and Draymond getting fed up. So he just punches the guy. He like, the Raja Bell, I don't know if y'all listen to that podcast, really interesting. Raja Bell was like, no, he like tried to hurt him. This wasn't like frustrated, push, shove, let's wrestle. He literally tried to physically harm Jordan Poole. Like, there's malice in that punch. And I think that is really hard to overcome, especially from a guy like Draymond, who has always, again, Steve Kerr said, teetered on the edge. He's overstepped the edge time and time and time again. And I think a guy like Jordan Poole is like, hey, my guy, like, I'm better than you right now. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. And Draymond means a ton to that team. He does. He means more to that team than he will ever mean to another organization totally. for the rest of his career. For sure. And so, like, that I really have strong, strong, strong reservations on their ability to meet this over. And, again, to their their younger – y'all mentioned this, too. Like, I'm so sick of everyone just crowning all their young guys as being just like studs already. Like, the biggest thing with Kami- – I, th- I, I kind of want to spend a little bit more time on – Man, y'all are going to talk me into the under. I'm already – Well, I just think, it. like, if you look at Kaminga, everyone talked about, oh, my gosh, Kaminga, look at this guy. Look where he's going. He's just the future. He's going to be this guy. He's going to be this guy. He couldn't play against us in the playoffs. He started, like, two games and was immediately pulled and never went back in the game. The guy was not ready to play against the Grizzlies, right? Like, he just couldn't hang. And a series that everyone was like, he's going to be perfect for them. He's athletic. He can run. He can defend. He can do all this stuff. He couldn't guard Ja. Ja told him that to his face. And then he didn't play a minute after that. So everyone's like, Kaminga taking a big jump. Like, this kind of thing, we'll probably get into this with New Orleans in a second. But, like, let me see Let me see Wiseman play 30 games in a row and see if he can be productive on the court. Moses Moody, like, what does it look like when he's the sixth man, the seventh man, and not playing against, like, the 11th men of the other team. Like, all that kind of stuff matters. Like, I just want to see their so-called depth really come into play because they lost a lot of depth yeah. from last year's team. And depth in the regular season Forgot has always Otto Porter. mattered. Auto yeah. Porter was crucial. Huge for them. Crucial. Huge so, for them. I, I mean, I, and as someone who loves League Pass, watches a lot of I'm – a, I'm a night, late-night person, watch a lot of Warriors games. There are a lot of games that were, you know – 
nip and tuck in the fourth quarter that Gary Payton and Otto Porter came in and really helped sway some things or like came in at the beginning, into the third, beginning of fourth. Um, so I think they are going to really miss those two guys a lot for sure. This is one to watch. I think yeah. the converse, can, conversation. Can you imagine the first itself. time the Grizzlies come to Memphis? Do you think anybody in the Memphis crowd is going to mention the pool Draymond stuff? Oh, or not at all. Not at all. No, not at all. Um, whoop that trick. I mean, come on. Uh, all right, let's talk about Denver. I forget whose turn it is to start. Craft? Yes. Um, 49 Nuggets, and a half. 49 and a half. Uh, this is probably, uh, I keep saying it, but this is probably one of my hardest lockovers. Um, they won 48 games last year with a worse, with, uh, like, I know that, like, uh, Russell and Simmons like to say playing with the Washington Generals. Uh, and they, I think, made some good offseason moves to kind of, uh, help the rest of their depth. But then, you know, and I don't know what they're going to get on Michael Porter Jr. Um, I do think they're going to get something out of Jamal Murray, who's going to be better than anybody they had last year. I just don't see how they don't win one a game and a half more. They have a huge home court advantage with the altitude. And Jokic is just one of the best players in the world. I just think the floor for the Nuggets is 50 wins. I can't believe they're 49 and a half. Um, strong over for me. I cannot – reiterate or agree with you more like i just don't understand this number <laughs> i am locking the over on this one they're also my number one team out of the west yeah i think if y'all listen to previous pods i picked them to win the west i think they can flirt with 60 i really do i have them as my number one seed as well i was scared that we were going to all have the same opinion and and i didn't think it was going to be for denver but it, here we are, uh, 56 and 26. One of us has a very different opinion on what seed Denver's going to be. Yeah. I think they're going to be the number two seed. <laughs> uh, but y'all can have your one seed Denver Nuggets. 12 yeah. games behind the Grizz. Grizz are 70 and 12. And we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. So Denver, 56 and 26. <laughs> one name I want to throw out at you, Devon Reed. Uh, he is going to play a bigger role for Denver, and he's a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of shine recently. Um, he's a six-six wing who can do it all. Really defended LeBron well in uh, a game against the Lakers there. So just watch out for him. Um, he's going to be the Will Barton replacement but, but there. But that is definitely that is a what does Vegas know that we don't number for me because that that's a shockingly low number to me. Definitely. Um, and the the next team we have three teams that are at forty-eight and a half. We're going to save the Grizzlies for the very end. And so we're not going to talk Grizz. Ty, would you rather talk Mavs or T-Wolves? Um, I'm going to go Dallas. Um, I think they're going to go under. I think it's going to be right at it. Um, I think they're going to be a couple games over 500. I just think, yeah, I mean, them winning 49 seems a little high. I think they got worse from last year, too. Um, so I think Brunson meant a lot. So I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Yeah, I'm with you. This is more about Brunson to me than it is like losing uh, Porzingis. Um, I I just – I really think Brunson meant a lot to them. I'm not convinced that Christian Wood is going to add a ton of value throughout over the course of a season. Um, they also lost Trey Burke, who I think played a decent amount for him, and culture guy Boban, you know, like – the Bobes, you got to get guy Bob on in there, you know. Like Luca loved that guy, so I don't know. But they did get Javel McGee. I'm a half for, game under for the Mavs, forty eight and thirty four. I have them as a six seed in the West. The Mavs are this year's version of the twenty twenty one Hawks, the team that made the conference finals and Amen. then and then uh, is in the play in the following year. Um, they are going to be a seven seed or worse 
it's a good under for me on the Mavs. Uh, I think that uh, they are a high usage team for a guy that's not always in shape that often gets little nicks and here and there um, when he is out now last year they had Jalen Brunson this year they don't have somebody like that they're gonna really struggle if if Luca misses time at all um, and you know how I feel about the Mavs so I won't get into it more but I'm an under we all unders there for the Mavs yeah, uh, I think so Timberwolves 48 and a half um, I believe they will be the seventh seed uh, and they are going to be the well, I will, I will save that, but I think we could see a, a similar first-round matchup next year um, with the Timberwolves as we did in last year's playoffs. Uh, no, but I, I think that they are going to be a team that has to figure a lot out. I think that um, I have them as a half game under, uh, so I, I am betting on them, um, I guess, having trouble figuring it out early on. I think they might drop some games they didn't. Uh, don't plan on dropping. I am scared of the Timberwolves. Uh, I will say that. Um, defensively, I think they could be all right. I think if Cat is willing to take a lesser role and uh, play it more of a stretch uh, role in offense and uh, demand the ball a little bit less, give more of the keys to Anthony Edwards, this could work. I'm not convinced um, that's going to happen. The one thing that makes me nervous about this team is I think Chris Finch is really good. And so that is my only reservation, but I'm still going to take the under because also I just want to cheer for it. I don't really like this Wolves team. Man, I'm with you on not wanting to cheer for it. I, I, when you said we might play them again in the like playoffs, my heart kind of sank because I like don't want that to happen again. I don't know if I can handle a, like us versus Cat again. It just, I would not be good for my soul. <laughs> This team also is so weird because they they just they had the most uh, I would say sort of like changing of guard like they lost Malik Beasley, P. Bev, Jared Vanderbilt, like guys that played a lot for them. Added in obviously Gobert, Kyle Anderson from the Grizz. Like I just I don't really know what to expect from this team either. I could see them sort of turning it on and being a good regular season powerhouse eventually whether that's this season or next season I don't believe in the upside of this team ever I don't believe that Cat and Gobert will ever work next to each other and I don't think Gobert can win in the playoffs but I took the over just because they only they won 46 games last year so I think they're going to be a little bit better than that um, I'm an over on the T-Wolves, which is funny because I slammed Anthony Edwards in an earlier podcast um, as ha- thinking he's going to slump a little bit this year. Um, but I am a big believer in Rudy Gobert as a regular season floor raiser. Um, I also think he'll be help- helpful to D'Angelo Russell in setting screens for him in the pick and roll. And I just see teams that aren't come in a regular season when maybe some teams aren't scheming um, and a lot of teams are tanking in the West – I just think that uh, that they're going to pile up some wins, and so I'm an over on them. I'm actually they're actually a home court team for me. I have them as the four seed, mm. um, and uh, even though I think they're deeply flawed for the playoffs, uh, so I actually wouldn't would like. I, I don't really want to see them again, but I would like playing them because I think we'll beat them again. But I do think uh, the T Wolves are an over for me. Yep, over for me too. Hate to say it. Um... This is a weird team. I think they can do a lot with their roster. Like, I could see, honestly, like, benching D'Lo and running Kyle, like, semi-point, and basically their smallest player on the floor is Anthony Edwards. And they go, like, slow-mo, Ant, um, 
What's the tall, lanky guy? I can't think of his name right now. He like Jay McDaniels. Yes, Jay McDaniels. He killed us from three like a couple times with Gobert and Cat, and they just be just massive and long, um, and pretty versatile. Fairly with that lineup, I think regular season, I think they're going to be really, really good. I think in the playoffs, they are going to get. I just, I would love to see them play a team that can truly go small, but in the in the regular season, that just doesn't really happen as much. Um, I think they could be a regular season, really, really good team. Wouldn't shock me if they finish as like a top three seed in the West. I hate to say that. I have four games separating my second through seventh seed. Hmm. So I think it's going to be really tight. I say I have a Wolves Clips first round series. Oh, do you? I think that's some wish fulfillment by me, a four or five. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, All right. um, Let's talk here about the next team, and that is the Los Angeles Lakers at 45 and a half. Who's got that one? I think I'm up. I, I'm taking the under just because I don't know how you can't. They they lost Monk and added Lonnie Walker the fourth basically and Juan Toscano Anderson, best NBA actor, movie star. They also added Pat Beverly, so maybe Beverly helps them get to that number. I just this team is just so weird, and it's like. I feel like the only way you could take the over is if is if you think Russ is out of there, um, and I just don't think they're going to find anything. I, and maybe they're able to to make that Pacers <clears throat> trade work or something. I just don't see it. So I took a slight under. I think that's a massive jump, twelve games from the prior season, and I don't know. I just it's weird. So I would be an under if this is the roster that uh, that they're going to end the season with. I, I'm taking a slight slide over, like 46 wins, uh, like a half point over. Um, I'm taking a slide over because I think they will end up making a trade with Russell Westbrook. Um, maybe that Pacers deal with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Um, and so I think they'll be slightly better. I still think they're a play-in team um, at best, but, uh, but I'm going to do a slide over because of that. I'm going. Potential. I'm going under. I think they're a 500 team, and I think they're going to be play inbound, and it's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. I've got 38 and 44 for the Lakers. Uh, hard under seven and a half under that number, uh, and it could be a little subjective, but I really do think this team is so bad. I think that they're not going to put it together. I think they're going to convince themselves that Russell is the answer. Darvin Ham, new coach, going to try it. Um, I'm not loving any of the press that I'm seeing coming out of LA. Um, it's all positive. It's all forgetting what we just saw. It's forgetting what we just watched with Russell Westbrook. I think they're going to try to run it back. I think it's going to fail. I think Anthony Davis is not going to play 40 games. I'm just, I'm just penciling this team in for more disappointment (laughs) and more press than they deserve. And I'm so excited to see, uh, and hear Zach Lowe's head explode when they have to talk about them somehow on NBA Countdown week after week. Um, this team is going to be abysmal, and it's my best bet in the West, under 45 and a half. Man, at Los I Angeles want you to Lakers. be right so bad. Yep. I really want you to be right. Me too. Um, all right, Kraft, this is the perfect one for you. New Orleans Pelicans, 44 New and a half. New Orleans Pelicans, um, 44 and a half. So... To me, the only thing you should ever bet the over with the Pelicans is point totals of every game <laughs> because they are going to be one of the worst defensive teams. Um, I was sitting there listening to several Pels 
podcast, people talking about the Pelicans, super excited, overhyped, of course, everybody picking the over and, and them talking about, you know, that they're, that obviously every single like of their top seven players outside of Herb Jones, pretty much every player is defensively limited, but they're saying how this is the year they think, you know, if they can just get, you know, some of their players like Zion and others to sort of buy in on the defensive end that they can maybe do it. Uh, once again, um, the Pels have the talent to be a 50-win-plus team for sure. I just – something about the culture there. They continue to hit the under every year, and I continue to make money hitting the under on them. Um, and I'm going to continue to do that until they prove me wrong under for the Pelicans. Um, I'm just not buying the hype. I don't think it all works together. They don't – they're going to have to figure out the continuity. Zion missed the entire year last year. I just don't think you come in – and are just amazing right off the bat. Um, and even then you're going to deal with the fact that like every player on their team wants the ball. Um, what do you do? JV wants the ball. Zion wants the ball. Um, CJ McCollum wants the ball. Starting point guard. Yes. And again, yeah. Who's their point guard? I just, anyway. Yeah. In a weird way, I'd feel better about this team if Zion wasn't coming back. I'd be like, oh, I kind of saw what they could right. do in the playoffs where there was some continuity. They had some things figured out. Maybe, maybe that chemistry enters into the season, and like now you're entering in another like you know quote unquote mega star into the fold where you've got to figure some stuff out. And I'm just not convinced that it helps them hit this total. I also took the under. I took the over on the Pels. Um, How dare you? I know it breaks my heart. I think they're going to be good. Um, I really do. I think 44 and a half. Yeah, I just think it's it's a pretty good number to be honest, but I think they I think they top it. Um speaking to Brantley's point about momentum in the playoffs, I think they did gain a little bit. Um I just think again, any night they could it wouldn't shock me if I look and they you know, scored one forty. Um I, yeah, I think they're just gonna be really good. I have the Pels at 46 and 36, the eighth seed in the West. Uh so I have a slight over. I'm not gonna be cheering for it. You can be sure of that. However, with my Lakers going so far under, the wins had to go somewhere because um, I did try to balance this out to be an actual even uh, wins and losses. And so uh, it made the most logical sense for some more wins to go to the Pels. I think it's just because there is a high ceiling. There is a lot to figure out. I don't know. I think I like Willie Green as a motivator. I'm not really sure what he's going to be like when he has more to deal with. I think he's kind of has that underdog mentality when they get a lot, a lot of guys around with pedigree. Um, are they going to be able to actually put it together to make sense on the floor? I'm not convinced of that yet. Um, I don't know what their best lineup is. It's going to take them a while to figure that out. And, um, but I mean, just because the wins had to come from somewhere, I'm, I'm giving it to them. The one thing I did want to mention. So uh, everyone screamed about point Zion the year that, you know, that little stretch that he was successful. To me, their starting lineup sets up perfectly for him to be point Zion. Like, I could see CJ playing off the ball, which he's done his entire career, makes so much sense. Brandon Ingram, pretty much the same thing. JV, yes, demands post-touches, but it still is like he's not the one, like, generating offense necessarily. I think Zion, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I almost think they could play some half-court offense. Um and kind of give the ball to him and just kind of let him run things. Maybe that's asking a lot because he hadn't played in so long, but during that stretch that he did do that, it worked really well. And to me, it just kind of sets up for them 
Um, that makes a lot of sense, me looking at their roster and who I think their top eight guys are. We've talked about New Orleans too much, but I'm thinking about Zion like I'm thinking about Ben Simmons. Like I'm just like, I don't know what I'm getting from this guy. Sure. And like if he's got athletic upside and maybe he comes in and makes a huge impact, but I don't think you can bank on it. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, the last interesting team, um, besides the Grizzlies, of course, that I have in the West here is uh, Portland Trailblazers at 39 and a half. Uh, Kraft, what do you think? Uh, first of all, that's a total disrespect to my Sacramento Kings. Oh, sorry. I'm but, totally But that's okay. Them. It's okay. We'll get to them in a second. Um, Portland Trailblazers. Um, honestly, I actually feel bad uh, for dissing the Pelicans so much because the Blazers are going to be even worse defensively probably than the Pelicans are. Um, the, the Blazers are a hard team for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to pick the under on them. But they are hard in that I think they should tank like crazy. But I think Dame Lillard does not want to tank. Um, and I think that's going to be a struggle for them um, because I think they really do, like listening to their media and other people, they, they think that they have potential to be a sixth seed in the West. Uh, and they're thinking these ways. And I just think, man, if there's a year to just say we don't have it, let Dame kind of come back in, you know, heal completely from that injury, play less minutes, take our lumps, but, you know, try to get a good draft pick is this year. But so I don't know, but it's a slight under just because I don't think they're that good. And I think eventually the tanking thing is going to be too much of a temptation for them. There's too much weirdness here. I don't think Chauncey Billups is a good coach. I don't think his system works. I think defensively he was putting his players in a really bad position when, when they actually had guys that were healthy. I'm not convinced Dame is healthy. I think Jeremy Grant and GP three, GP two, excuse me, are great exam like, additions to this team um i can't think of the dude that they re-signed that um anthony simons anthony simons who has a great three-point shooting percentage so that's really awesome i just i don't know this is a weird team and i i said the under was a lock to me i just don't think they have any direction i think the resell of their franchise is going to cloud up they're kind of another team that's fitting into this like organizational malfunction to me that I just think can cause some on-court disruption and uncertainty that eventually you could see things happen where, I don't know, players start thinking about themselves versus the team. And, I mean, yeah, I took the under. Yeah, I feel like they have little room, um, very little room for error. They have one true big on the on the roster, and that's Nurkic, who is the heaviest-footed player in the NBA by far. Dude can't move at all. Team's just going to put him in the high pick and roll, which is pretty standard for NBA teams anyway. Um, and then there's whoever they're playing against is just going to live at the rim because they don't have anyone at the rim. They're not really versatile, oddly enough. Like if you kind of look at their roster, they're they're a lot is going to be asked of like asked. Sorry, of like Gary Payton and Justice Winslow is going to have to like play pretty big minutes. Nasir Little is going to have to really contribute. Um, they're going to need a lot out of guys that are very unproven, and I just don't see it. And Josh Hart, future Grizz, let's go. I'm taking the under on Portland. Damian Lillard is 18 to one for the scoring title. I might sprinkle a little bit on that because he's going to be about the only thing that's going to bring them over the top of this number is him just going insane. And those are pretty good odds uh, if you're going to uh, look at something like that. Uh, but yeah, I've got under just. Defense alone just makes me think they're just not going to be able to compete um, in a pretty stacked uh, West here. 
Um, yeah, so the, the Kings, actually, I had scrolled down too far because I actually have the Kings a little higher. Um, so let's talk about Sacramento. Ty, you want to kick us off? 33 and a half is their line. Oh, I think that's a pretty good number. Um, I'm going to go slightly over because I think the three teams under them, kind of four teams under them, are just really bad. Um, they are definitely better than those bottom four, and I think that's going to mean a little bit. Um, I think 35 wins is their number. Um, so, I mean, I don't think they're great by any means, but I think they're on the verge of competency, which is more than what they've been. So, I've got them over. I've got them at 41 and 41 on the season. This is the year uh, that they are going to say they break the postseason streak because they're going to make the plan. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to try to you know, basically get that monkey off their back and then people are going to have to correct them when it's actually not a playoff berth. Uh, but I, I believe that this team is good enough to get to 500. They're frisky, kind of like the Pistons uh, in the East, but they have a, uh, they have some parts here that could actually be uh, put together if Mike Brown uh, feels like he, you know, has some schemes that could work for this team. So I'm going to go 500 for the Sacramento Kings. I'm taking the over, 41 and 41. Oh my gosh, nine nine seed. They're going to make the play in. So I'm over on the Kings as well. I actually love the combo of a defensive minded coach with a lot of offensive minded players. I like that sort of uh, thing too. And for all the name, you know, we talked about a little bit in the previous pod. I picked. I have a lot of my futures on the Kings. Um, I just think I just think they're better than that number thirty three. I think they have every incentive to try to be the ten or nine seed and make that play in game. And uh, I just think they're gonna they're getting some wins on people. Um, I think they're too good uh, to be that low. So over for me. I didn't put much put much thought into it and took the under. Love it. <laughs> yes. Can I just do y'all have Which means you're either, probably gonna be right. Do y'all have either of Utah, OKC, Houston, San Antonio? Does anyone have the over on any of those teams? I have three overs. Three overs. Whoa. Houston, OKC, and San Antonio. I have uh, Houston at 26, OKC at 24, San Antonio at 24, Utah at 24, so that's an under. I have a four-way tie for the bottom at 24 uh, for OKC, San Antonio, Utah, and Indiana. It's going to be chaos at the NBA lottery. I'm trying to, like, manifest that. I think one out of the – two out of the four of those I think will actually go under, like, 23 wins, but – the only team I could see going over is OKC because I feel like they have now accumulated just like enough competent NBA players given they're all young. Um, but I think there's going to be games where like, oh, man, we want another one, you know. Um, I think Giddy's really good. Shea, they're just going to have to sit. Um, I think Shea's awesome. But all the other teams, unders, I'm not interested. We'll not watch a game they play unless it's against the Grizzlies. Yeah, I have my Jazz are a lock under just because I think Danny Ainge does not mess around. Um, he's going to get. Uh, he's going to want to get one of the best odds, and he's going to do whatever it takes. I think the same thing for OKC. Even though there's no their their roster should be an over easy. I just think that Presti's going to try to make sure that they get under. Um, poor SGA is never going to play any games, and uh, and so. But I have the Rockets as a slight over, um, and then the Spurs as an under. Yeah, Jazz are a lock for under for me. Um, okay, it's now time to talk about our Memphis Grizzlies. Their numbers at forty-eight and a half. Um, who wants to start us off here? I feel like there's obviously a lot to discuss, but should we just start with the number and then go from there? So I'll start because I I feel like I'm going to be the only one that like is is really nervy about this line. Um, 
I know Kraft is going like 45 games over. Um, I'm, I'm, this is a really good number to me. I think the goal, if we go into this year and we win 50 games, I'm going to be like, we, that's a really good season from us. Um, we've talked about stability. Yes, the, the core is there, but I think fringe and depth does matter in the regular season. And, yes, you can talk about Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton's lack of production in the playoffs. I do think replacing those two players with guys that are, to me, extremely unproven – um, I think that's going to matter. I don't think we're going to bottom out. I don't think we're going to be a bad team by any means. Um, but I could definitely see 47, 48 wins. I could definitely see us finishing like as a 6-7 seed. That being said, of course, I'm taking the over because I love the Chris. But I think, it's, I think it's close. I think that's a really good number. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, make, it makes me a little nervous. So. I'm a, I'm an over. I have us at 52 and 30. Um, I think with Jaron Jackson Jr., we would be uh, about the same win total as last year. Um, and I think we would be in competition for the one seed. We might still be in the competition for the one seed. I think the continuity we have and, and just like the energy that we play with uh, on a night to night basis just can't be understated. Um, I, you know, I'm sure that there are going to be some stats thrown out about like the youth of this team um, and how good we are for how young we are. I think John Morant still has another leap to take, um, especially when it comes to defense uh, and shooting. I think those are the two main areas, but he wants to say durability as well. Um, I hope that he can control as much as he can control in that area. Um, But the Jaron, point is the only reason that I'm docking us a few games from what I think we could be with a full roster for a full season and even if we don't have a full roster for a full season that's where I think the Grizzlies shine and I think the fact that we can competent play competently play 11 to 12 guys on a night-to-night basis and I think compete with you know 90% of teams um is can, speaks volumes for especially if you're talking over unders in the regular season. I think 48 and a half is way too low for us. Even though I'm I am going to take 52. I think Jaren, not having Jaron is going to hurt, especially defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just love our team, and I think that we're going to uh, outpace this number. Yeah, I just I also just think I'm hammering the over on this. It's a lock. I, I just don't. I just look at 56 wins last year and 48 this year and just think, like, I know there's some things set up for us in the Western Conference that helped us get to that the, to 56 wins. But also I think the experience that we garnered in the playoffs last year and just, you know, I, I'm, I'm expecting Ja to be out a couple of games, you know, or a week or two. We have Tyus. I'm fine with it. Tyson come in and run. I saw Santi go like seven for seven behind the arc in a preseason game, and I like fully expect that to potentially happen in the regular season. <laughs> like, I just – I don't know. There's just something about – Kraft has said culture, culture, culture. I'm I My theme and strategy for these over-unders has just been stability. And, like, we're not ex- – we're you know, it's not unfair for us to expect someone like – um, Conchar and Aldama to make a little bit of step up because like they've just been in our system so long. It's 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 just Spursian like it's everyone's gonna be like who are these dudes? The Grizz fans know because we've been we've been sort of on the sidelines watching them. 
And I just think like if everybody sort of takes like a little bit of like a little incrementality step up role player wise, we're going to be okay. I do think losing Melton and Kyle will, will hurt us in the regular season. I just also think that our front office clearly thinks that the guys that we have have shown enough to where we, it's okay losing them to set us up for a better spot in the playoffs. I think those were playoff moves, not regular season moves. So I feel really, I feel good assuming that Josh stays equivalency equivalent of healthiness to what he did in the prior seasons where he's not just out for significant, significant periods of time. Okay. If you'll allow me a moment, <laughs> the floor is yours. I'm taking the over because, Whoa! because we have the culture, the front office, the coach and the star all on the same page. We are Spurs 2.0. John Morant is the Gen V ver- version of Tim Duncan. After a bunch of years of player empowerment and the era of the big three, being anywhere from kind of underwhelming, slightly successful to complete disasters, i.e. Lakers, we're back to realizing the culture combined with talent matters to win titles in the NBA. It's Bill Simmons' secret essay, if any of y'all read it or podcast. The secret is that it's not just about basketball, it's about culture. It's about players being willing to sacrifice for each other, being friends off the court, the care factor, as Jenkins likes to say, and of course, prioritizing winning, competing above all individual accolades. It's a secret to not just winning a title, but having a dynasty in the age of salary cap and avoiding the disease of me. And of course, you can have a great culture and overperform, but to win big, you need talent. And we have a superstar who completely buys in to the city, the franchise, and is a culture creator himself. He's a more exciting, shoe-selling version of Tim Duncan. We have a legit Defensive Player of the Year candidate who, along with Bain, are two borderline all-stars, in my opinion. Complement that with multiple elite role players, including the top backup point guard in the league, and we look like a contender. These things tell me the Grizzlies have an absolute floor of 50 wins, barring complete disaster, like the 2016 Grizzlies, and even then might be able to withstand injury because of the depth and their system. I think the Grizzlies also, like Brantley said, will miss Melton and Kyle, especially early, but I believe in our system and internal development will make their losses negligible. I believe that our system creates turnovers and fast break points more than just the individual talent of those two players. And we are replacing them with guys who also like to fill up stat sheets just with less experience. And I think Aldama and Conchar and then some of our rookies. By the way, we were 10 and 3 without Kyle last year. And uh, two of those losses were the weird schedule losses to Dallas. One of them was away at the Bucks. We were 7-2 and two without DeAnthony Melton. Both, er- both losses, by the way, early in the season when we were struggling. Most of the wins were during our huge streak. We were 37-12 and 12 since Christmas. 37-12. and 12. 40% of those wins were up by t- – we were up by 20 in the third quarter. 40% of our wins since Christmas. Dominant. Last year we started off 9-10 and 10 due-, due to a lack of continuity as well as some really bad luck from opponent shooting. We still ended with the second best record in the NBA, and it was not close. We had a top five offense and a top five defense last year. We led the league in blowouts last year. I see us having way more continuity this year, an easier opening schedule to both navigate Jaron's injury and game momentum. Everything about Jaron points to being back before Thanksgiving, despite what all the media podcasts seem to be missing. I don't see how we can get worse shooting, and when we shoot well, we destroy people. 
I also think we'll have many teams tank this year or at least have incentives to not make the playoffs, and Grizzly culture destroys the bad teams. This will offset whatever gains other teams have made in the West. We have a home court advantage now because we uh, are going to have 15,000, 16,000 fans you know, minimum in every game this year. It's going to be a home court like we haven't seen. And we have a road court advantage because on the road at most of these teams, there are going to be as many Grizzlies jaw-wearing uh, fan, jaw uniform wearing fans uh, as their own home team fans. We have the Steph factor coming for us. Everyone has forgotten how amazing and dominant this team was last year because of a very bad matchup in the T-Wolves series and a Warrior series that was tough where we had a lot of injuries. But we have complete continuity. We were a contender last year and brought back eight of our top ten players, top eight of nine net rating players. No other team can say that. So purely on analytics, we should be in the same shape as last year as teams are working in their guys who missed so much time last year. But remember, it's not just about analytics. And this is my final statement. Thank you for listening for so long. We have the culture. Go and listen to the Book of Basketball pod by Bill Simmons, the very first episode on The Secret, and then just glory in the fact that it completely and utterly and exactly describes this Grizzlies basketball team. So while we're setting a franchise record this year for wins, just think back to last year and that Sante Aldama dunk against the Suns when everyone went crazy on the sidelines and realize we are going to be the team of this decade, and this is why I expect us to be the one seed in the West. Let's go. Man, I'm, we're definitely just going to clip that. So did you take the over? <laughs> I took the over. <laughs> but I didn't believe in this enough to bet 60 plus wins. But I think 57 to 60. Man, I'm just still processing. Still processing. That was fantastic, Kraft. Man, I'm, I'm so hyped for the season. Uh, when we're recording, we have exactly one week uh, until the regular season tips off against the Knicks at the Forum. Guys, any final thoughts before we close up shop for the night? Crap, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I think I'm super excited for the NBA season. I think it, despite some of our agreements and disagreements, uh, I mean, sort of a lot of our agreements, I think it's a super uh, in, unpredictable NBA season. It should be a lot of fun watching all the teams play. Are you I'm just really ex- about You're it. just really excited? I'm very excited. You're just like, I'm just so excited. Yes. I'm excited. Sorry. I, think I, woke up is... at, I woke up at like 5.30 this morning. I was so excited about doing this over-under podcast. So. I do and think this the, is a really interesting year for the Grizzlies because expectations has changed. And this is like Kraft was saying about, you know, whether that's attendance, Jaws, national attention, national TV games. The Grizzlies are entering into like a new realm. And it was really fun being the team with no expectations, and I think it's going to be equally as fun, maybe even more fun, with the team with expectations, even though slightly we kind of don't. We're still a little underrated. But I think we're entering into something new, um, and I think the vibes are going to shift, and I think everyone's going to feel that. And and the whole there, – there is some some newness in the sense of, like, entering into, like – having preset national TV TV games back half of the season, what, you know, making sure the team, which I don't, I fully believe that they can, but can handle that well. Like assuming that even like the, the jaw brand, like even takes off a little bit more this season, making sure those things don't infiltrate 
and impact the team, which I don't expect them to. But like, those are things where it's like, you know, again, we're taking baby steps into like becoming like this, this bigger franchise than we've ever had before because of the type of talent that we have. And I, I believe in it. There's been no better time to be a Grizz fan. I'm happy to be doing this with you guys. Here's to a, here's to a successful season, uh, both on and off the court for the Grizz Den pod and for the Memphis Grizzlies. Guys, thank you, One Star. Let's go. Shout out, One Star. We're going to end it there. See you guys next time.